For a gift that goes beyond the holidays, don't miss the Xfinity Beyond Black Friday event. Ask how to get $150 back on a package with the ultimate Wi-Fi and Xfinity X1. Your all-in-one entertainment experience. Simple, easy, awesome. Click, call, or visit us today. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. The Geeky Retro Nerd Show is part of the art, comedy, and pop culture network of podcasts. Welcome to the Geeky Retro Nerd Show. How are you doing? My name is Adam and I am a Geeky Retro Nerd. This show is sponsored by TruffleShuffle.com. Head on over to the website and you will see they have an abundance, (laughs) I like that word, an abundance of retro t-shirts and geeky gifts. And if you use my personal discount code GRNS15, you will get a discount of 15% on a spend of £25 or more. And there is international shipping, so everybody can get involved. So there you go. So another cracking episode for you today, if I do say so myself. It's another conversation with another person from the world of showbiz. And she's lovely. She's really great. It's Harriet Thorpe, and she has been in tons of things. Um, French and Saunders, absolutely fabulous. And one of my absolute favourites, The Britass Empire. And me and you, my lovely listeners, have an important role to play. Harriet is spearheading, if you like, uh, uh, a campaign to bring back the Britass Empire because. Why not? It's a bloody good show. I loved it. You'll hear on our conversation how much I loved it. But Harriet's trying to bring it back. She's also wanting to get the Britass Empire on Netflix because why the hell is it not already on there? I have no idea. So you and I have an important role to play. Have a listen to the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. So I'm very excited to welcome to the show somebody who will be very familiar to you, my listeners. Welcome to the Geeky Retro Nerd Show, Harriet Thorpe. Harriet, how are you? I'm good. All the better for speaking to you. Oh, thank you very much. That's very <laughs> kind of you to say. Um, Harriet, I've been I've been really excited about our conversation because uh, you are somebody who is, like I've just said there, very familiar. You're a very familiar face, not only on uh, screen, but on stage as well. And when I was a child, well, slash teenager, you were in a show, an, an, an incredible show, very funny show called The Britass Empire. Empire, that's right, The British Empire. Yeah, and, and, and what I loved about the show, Harriet, is that it was, it was a show for the whole family. Everybody could watch it. So, you know, me, my mom and my dad and my sisters would all sit down to watch the show and we would all enjoy it together. And I don't think you get that much of that these days. I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. Those opportunities to sit down and enjoy something together with identification 
of all the crazy people that were in it, because we all know <laughs> crazies in our life, is rare. And I think that was the beautiful thing about it. It was such fun for everybody. And there was a little something for everybody in the show. There was. And I think and I think what's even rarer now as well is uh, sitcoms. You know, there was, there was a lot of them around when I was growing yeah. up. There's yeah. not so much of them now. No. And in fact, some uh, channels have, don't make them anymore. No, I know. And it seems a, an incredibly strange reason um, or, or a strange thing to do. And I don't know what the reason is. Um, I think it's I think it's trends, and I think sometimes you know drama is a wonderful thing also, but I think our very culture is based on irony and humour, and it goes throughout our history, and I think we need it, especially now. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. So that there's a <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of things going on in the world at the minute where we could oh, yeah. we could use a bit of comedy uh, relief. I think yes. so. So British Empire, it, it it runs, when did it start? 1991? Oh, it darling, I don't know. It was about 30 years ago because my, <laughs> my son is almost 30, although I'm only 30, so I don't know quite how that works. <laughs> that um, yeah, strange. Um, and uh, he was nine months old when we started doing it, and it ran for seven years. Yeah. And at the end, it had 13 million viewers, Incredible. which is fantastic. You don't get those results. And they're still there. And we're all still here. We had a reunion um, a little while ago, a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. which was just fantastic. And everyone, we're all still pals anyway and pretty much keep in touch all the time, you mm -hmm. know, however vaguely through each other. And we had a reunion and we went back to the sports centre where it was originally filmed because as <laughs> for those people who don't know, it was set in a sports centre and um, again, a sports centre is somewhere where the whole family goes. So I think that also mm. helps the whole style of the piece. And we're, we were all there as they were refurbing the centre we filmed in near Bournemouth in Ringwood. And uh, we were all still alive, which is a rarity <laughs> nowadays. So it was very impressive. Well, that's a bonus. And, yeah. and you know, it, so, yeah, it was set in a leisure centre. And I was trying to yeah. think I was trying to think of another sh a show that was set in a leisure centre. And I couldn't think of one. Yeah. I think, again, that was the wonderful thing about it. And everybody knew people, you know, Mr. Brutas, <laughs> who was the brilliant Jobsworth pain in the arse guy. We all know them. We all know those guys. But the hysterical thing about the show is it had a real anarchic flair. We blew up the centre three times <laughs> in the history. People ended up, you know, being left trapped underneath the water in the pool and everyone had gone home you never really knew what happened to them but you know it was had a real dark side a crazy side with emus running through the center everyone trying to do their best it also was revolutionary in the fact that the two boys who obviously lived together the only person who didn't understand or know about the relationship was mr Britus. Mr. Britus. and it was it was 30 years ago and nobody even needed to talk about it. It was totally accepted, which is quite ahead of its time. Yeah, you know, in sure. its kind of, you know, with that acceptance and celebration. So it was it was such fun. And and you know, you mentioned there all the wild things that were happening. And Crazy. and I think that and I think that was why 
it, it was such a, a a fun show for all the family because you know you had the you had the adults watching that was a bit for them but all the zany goings on was all very cartoonish absolutely uh, for the kids and the kids loved it. well I loved it all the all oh. the crazy goings on and the shenanigans <laughs> completely crazy things I remember one point because I played the receptionist Carol yeah yeah who kept her children in the drawer at work <laughs> because it was cheaper to do it that way and when she had twins, which incidentally were also Brittis's twins, because there was an episode where Mrs. Brittis and I had the same tiger costume at a fancy dress party, That's and right. Mr. Brittis was none the wiser, and I ended up giving birth to my twins. Um, and um, <laughs> just leave that there. And um, and uh, you know, there were crazy goings on all the time. You know, it was so fantastic. Oh, it was brilliant and it was hilarious. Yeah. And you know, so you, you mentioned there you you were Carol, the receptionist. How would That's you right. how would you describe the the character of Carol? Carol um was devoted to Mr. Brittus, so much so that her eagerness to say his name, Mr. Brittus, those words never came out of her mouth because she was so quick to say it, she just called him yes, Mr. Brittis. <laughs> You know that thing when you're a kid at school and you really love the teacher and you're going, Miss, 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 Miss. You, you know, you can't get the words out. She couldn't get Mr. Brittis out of her mouth fast enough, if I can use that phrase, and um, just just wanted to say, yes, Miss, 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 because she adored him. She was a single mother who lived um, to work in the centre. It was her whole identity. And again, it was where people have bring your kid to work day now. Um, that's what Carol did on a daily basis. And there was one day <laughs> when Pippa, who played Mrs. Brutus, and I both had were both pregnant with our kids at the same time. Uh-huh. And um, it was my second child and her first. Um, and we found ourselves when the kids were born, we had a little crash where we rehearsed. And uh, the kids came into work with us. And I found myself in the loos washing out my daughter's um, little jumpsuit because she'd been sick on it. And I thought excuse me, this is life imitating art. I'm now <laughs> literally taking my kid to work and washing out her stuff in the BBC lavatories. How Brilliant. hysterical is that? <laughs> and and uh, where did you, uh, because uh, again, I was I was trying to think of similar characters in other sitcoms, but I, I couldn't really think of one. So Carol was quite a unique character in that sense, I think. Where, yeah. where did you, where did you, where did you get your inspiration from? Well, to I play think that role. Yeah, I think she, I adored playing her. And I think what interested me was the layers with which we all have fun creating people. And Carol, as I said, adored Mrs. Mr. Brutus. And I remember seeing the first bit of text and it says, Carol cries a lot. And I thought, well, crying a lot, because she's so anxious about her life. And I thought, crying a lot, that that sound of crying <laughs> is over very fast. Mm-hmm. Trying not to cry makes it much more interesting. Because sometimes your voice is very high, you don't really can't. <laughs> and sometimes it's really slow because you're trying not to show that you're crying. So there's all sorts of sounds that creates this character. Her, her kind of slapstick desperation to get things right in is just such fun to play. And, you know, again... The centre was home for everybody in a, in yeah. every sense. So again, her need to fit in, be okay, bring up her kids, honour her work, you know, was just fun to do all the time. And and it looked it it did it did look fun, 
Um, you know, you, you got the sense that you, the whole cast enjoyed working on the show and you all enjoyed each other's company and you all you all sort of liked each other. Was, was that the case? I mean, you mentioned before that, you know, you had the reunion and, um, you know, you all sort of got on. Was, was that the case back then when you were filming the show? Were you all pals? It absolutely was. There was a harmony and we couldn't wait to get to the next series to see what crazy things were going to happen with all of us. <laughs> um, we, again, we were sort of, grateful and enthusiastic because again that was a time when people were able to be creative without having the threat of well if this doesn't get this viewing figure we're going to pull the show yeah things were allowed to evolve things were allowed to develop without the numbers mattering and that's how things grew and blossomed and flourished and things are quite different today if you don't get the right numbers then that's the show's done you know and all of which i understand and it's just evolved but I think at that point, it was a it was a wonderful job for us all to have. We met up for those three months that we worked on the show. We did a, sh- you know, we filmed for two or three weeks all the outside stuff mm-hmm. and some sport and some leisure center interiors, and then every week for nine weeks we were at television center, um, putting the shows together in front of a live audience. Again, that was a fantastic thing to have a live audience because when you have that you have an immediacy and a connection that you don't have if you're just filming something you get the buzz you get the laughs you get the fix you know people get stuff and they're watching bits of film that are intercut with the whole story because it runs chronologically when the audience see it Uh even though we filmed other stuff you know so again we have a, a connection with our literal audience as well as the audience that sees it on the telly and i think it gives it a very different thing a different flavor yeah, a, a very a, a, quite a different dynamic, isn't it? So, so when yeah. so when you're so you so you're, you're filming series one, yeah, and you know I would imagine then you 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 wouldn't sort of you might not have known if it was going to catch on or if people were going to like it. What what, what 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 were you think? What was going through your mind when you were filming this crazy series? <laughs> what you thinking? Are people are people going to get this or? I think we would, again, you can never tell. It's never our business what people think, because if we try and adhere to that, then you get lost because you're trying to second guess. What you have to do is be present and deliver the best you can in that moment and then let go and hand it over to the theatrical, you know, God who will decide whether people are going to like it or not. You can't, you can't, you hope it goes well. You hope people are going to like it. But if you tie your wings to that that particular thing and then if it doesn't work out then you're lost you can't do that if you're going to survive in this business you have to have a, a bigger outlook and and trust fate a bit and go whatever job I'm doing that's the one I'm going to enjoy and the rest is not my business yeah and the, and the, the the cast was brilliant wasn't it so I had yeah. uh, Chris Barry who was uh, Mr Britas and yeah. um, I, I suppose Chris Barry had been um, in Red Dwarf for a couple of years by the time uh, yeah, Chris I, started. Yeah, Chris and I had worked together on several things, actually, on some sketch shows. And we did a mm-hmm. thing called Happy Families, which Ben yeah. Elton wrote that Jennifer Saunders was in. So we'd worked together a couple of times before anyway. He is and 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 was absolutely brilliant. His connection and characterization of that um i don't know if i can say asshole but of a <laughs> of a of a you know leisure center manager was so brilliant 
and so clever and so wonderfully observed. And all the other people and the characters, again, reflected the truth of people trying to cope with somebody as difficult and 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 sort of perverse as he was. And we, you know, he was absolutely fantastic, absolutely brilliant. And he, he, he was very believable. Totally. In, in we all Brit know Asset. people like that. We yeah. all know a boss or somebody who's a jobs worse who, you know, you just want to punch their lights out. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose, I suppose, actually thinking about it, he had a good bit of practice playing Rimmer. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then he really flourished and blossomed with Mr. Britis. He did, he did, he did a, a fantastic <laughs> job. And another one of my favourites was uh, Colin. Oh, God, Colin, who always, again, had some terrible suppurating sore on his hand <laughs> or some blister or some scab somewhere. Or And again, his devotion to the centre, his devotion to Mr. Britus and the, the sort of his his longing to do good and making terrible potions and things. And again, that's why all the characters, Linda, who was sort of so enthusiastic and so happy all the time and just energised and good to go. Everybody was written so brilliantly. And then there was Julie, who really couldn't be bothered, you know. I mean, it's just, you know, she she had a great sense of irony and brilliance. And everybody was written brilliantly. Mrs Brittus, who was always taking medication to try and cope with her life, you know. <laughs> the writers were so clever. And, again, everyone had identification. It wasn't just a sort of generalised idea about any character they were fully fleshed out and as the series went on they began writing for us and how we delivered things and the stories evolved from as i say the creativity of the people who started the show because we were given a chance to to blossom yeah and I, I would i would love to have been a fly on the wall um when that talented set of writers were writing some of the episodes yeah um, it must have cracked them up Writing, oh, I think so. I think stuff. so. And we had uh, the the first two original writers, and then as this, the last two two series we did, mm-hmm. um, a team of writers came in to take over. Yeah. Um, again, which was fun and successful, and and they because the characters were so well crafted by that point, it was just to take them on, you know. So what? So what? So what was that? Because I, I was going to mention that actually, because the writing team did change towards the end. How how did that transition go in the show? Fun. It was fine because, as I said, everything was already fleshed out. Everybody knew who they were. It was the situations that were so glorious. And again, it's always interesting when you have new blood because they're they're busy being creative. And the original writers were so stunning and so fabulous um, that it was just fun to have new people get, come in who knew the characters, who honoured them completely, and then added some more new crazy ideas. It was great. Yeah. Brilliant, and, and you, you. So just to digress a little bit, you, yeah. you know, you, you mentioned before um, that you'd worked with Chris on a few other things, yeah. And you mentioned um, Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders. So yeah. you, you of course were no stranger to uh, comedy roles. What, what was it like working with uh, Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders? It was fantastic, but I have to tell you, we were at drama school together. Oh, yeah. And so we've known each other for about 40 years. Wow. And we were at the same drama school. They were on the teacher's course and I was on the acting course. And at the end of every term, there was a, a kind of end of term show. And all the sort of 
pretentious actors would sit there and do tedious old guitar strumming with a cravat and some old terrible <laughs> song they'd made up. And then Dawn and Jen would come on and do the Patsy Sisters and wipe the floor with every actor. And there was also, as you know, that sort of status bollocks that goes on all the time. Yeah. You know, if you're a drama student, then you don't talk to the speech therapist and you don't talk to the teacher. Well, I talk to everyone all the time. And we just had a laugh from the get-go. And so when they... I went straight into rep theatre and they went, of course, they were doing their amazing stand-up by that point. Yeah. And um, we were just friends at that point and had always been. And so when they started their sketch show, it was absolutely fantastic or absolutely fabulous, I should say, um, <laughs> that I was able to to go and work with them and play all the wonderful characters they created, you know. And it was such a privilege and fun, but we were already friends from years before. Yeah, so and that's what I was going to say. That was the word I was going to use. Actually, it must have been uh, quite a privilege for you. You know, you you were at drama school together. They start off their own show and they invite you to be part oh, of it. Wonderful French and wonderful. Sona show. And, and of course, as you mentioned, you were in Absolutely Fabulous as well, and the movie, yeah. the Absolutely Fabulous movie. Yeah. yeah. So no, so I, I mean, it's been a wonderful, a wonderful, as I said, privilege to work with them. I adore comedy. I I only ever play people who are crazy. They're never normal. And, you know, I was thinking of all the, the opportunities and all the sketches we've had to do. It's, it was so wonderful being part of that, as well as doing, you know, I was able, I remember talking to Jen and they were going to do a show called Girls on Top. And at that point, I was at the National Theatre in the Richard Eyre David Hare Company doing a play called Pravda with Anthony Hopkins. And I remember standing in the canteen on... I don't know if I had a phone, if we had phones. No, we didn't have phones by then. But I had a phone call with Jen, and I was so excited because I was going to be able to go and do some filming um, in between the days when our show wasn't on at the National, which was Girls on Top, which, right. you know, was the first was with uh, Ruby Wax and, you know, it was just, and, and Helen and Tracy Ullman and uh, the girls. It was fantastic. You know, again, that was... A, their women comedic style hitting the floor running and creating a whole new world of comedy for women. And what an incredible experience that must have been. Well, what? when you're young, you know that because you still are, you, <laughs> you just, you, <laughs> um, it is about, well, again, we're all working in the same business, different parts of it. And it's about what we did. It was our job. And I know everybody thinks actors are a lot of hand-kissing lovies who shout darling, which is true. <laughs> but we also, if I'm in a show like Wicked or Mamma Mia, I'm doing eight shows a week. I'm bringing up my kids on my own in reality, yeah. you know, doing the school run, doing the lunches and doing eight shows a week. You know, that's that's the reality. So it is, it is um, something that you just grow into and you evolve into. You don't have it's your job and you don't have a chance to reflect. Go, oh, well, you think you know how lucky you are, especially when things are fun. But it's also a job. And for two years, I did Wicked eight shows a week for two years. That's wow. the deal. Incredible. Yeah. But that's how you bring up your kids. It's your job. And yes, it is a lovely job, but it's also a job. <laughs> you know? Hats off to you, because when you when you tried ringing us before, I was getting my son out of the bath. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and I've been out, I've been at work all day today, yeah. and I've come back and um, just getting my son out the bath. Oh, I know, darling. <laughs> be I'm, I'm, I know. I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. I get it. That's why I say, taking my kid to work, washing out her stuff in the loo's 
The re- that is the reality. <laughs> it's not all glamour and champagne and all that bollocks. It's it's business. It's work. And and it's you you plate spin your kids and everything else and your family and everything else. You plate spin it with your job. Same deal. So so from one legendary um, comedy duo in the shape of French and Saunders to another in the shape, and I, and I didn't realise this till. Um, Oh, a good few years later, um, that you were in an episode of Bottom. Oh, which, I know. Which is one of my favourite TV shows. Again, um, Rick and Aid. Uh, Rick and Aid. And yes. were, well, sadly, Rick's no longer with us. Yeah. But it, interestingly, I did a play with him at the National just before we did Girls on Top. We did, um, oh God, the plays escaped me from it. It'll come back to me in a second. But we did a play together at the National. And um, again, the diversity aid is so extraordinary. He writes children's books. He does comedy. He works on plays with Nigel Planer. And he, yeah. you know, he's one of the most creative men. And he's now in EastEnders. So, again, they were brilliant, creative, you know, extraordinary people. The play I did with Rick was called The Government Inspector. And that was at the National Theatre. So it's interesting that people diversify it's again, as I said, it's a business. It's show business. And they yeah. are brilliant. And Bottom was hysterical. And I was so honoured and thrilled. And I'm so amazed when people sometimes message me on social media because they like the episode I did. And I'm so thrilled and honoured to have done it. It was so fun. <laughs> it's a very funny episode. But but I loved uh, Rick Mail in particular growing up. Uh, and when he sadly passed away, Mm. Um, you know, people were sharing memories of him. And the thing that always sticks in my mind from Rick Mayer, you know, he did all these incredible things, um, you know, New Statesman, Bottom, um, The Young young Ones. ones. Yeah. But the thing that stuck in in my mind was the the, uh, Jack and Nori, Roald Dahl's uh, George's Marvelous Medicine that he'd done. That absolutely blew my mind when I was a kid (laughs) watching him do that. I loved it. And then, you know, you're saying Aid Edmondson is so versatile. Oh, he's and he's, and he's And he's doing loads of things. Um, last year, when I went to see the new Star Wars movie, yep. I, ne- I nearly fell off my chair when he appeared. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the wonderful thing about our job. We get to do different genres. We do film, television, theatre, you know, radio, podcast, whatever. It's it's wonderful to have the opportunity to be diverse like that. It's yeah, such a fantastic that. thing. Brilliant. So anyway, sorry to digress there. I just it's I thought right. it would I, I, I thought it would be good to capture your thoughts on um, those other kinds of projects that you worked on. But back to the British Empire. Yeah. So it so it finished in round about um, ninety seven, I think. So like you yes. say, it ran for about for seven seasons. Yeah. And it it ended where. It was just a dream, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, but that's why it's so clever. They dreamer. never, they never let you land. They always keep you in suspense. You know, at the end of every series, you think, "Oh my God, the centre's blown up for a third time." <laughs> you know, or whatever. You know, and, and it's so clever. And I think what Russell um, and I last year um, did a, a whole load of little mini apps, which are online, yeah. because we decided we want to bring British Empire back because. Yeah. Um, especially now, Mr. British should be running the country, we decided. Um, <laughs> he should shouldn't he? Yeah, and we have a wonderful um, fan page on Twitter, which is um, 
at bring back, as in BK, British. And yeah, uh, yeah we have the, the most the most fun. Um, and a few people like um, Jill, uh, who played Linda, has mm-hmm. done one as well. Just little mini apps. And, yeah. um, you know, it's such fun. I've, I've watched them. They're really good. They're really clever. I really and like we them. we literally, literally just got together. Hey, how about doing this? And we just did it on our phones, on our telephones. <laughs> <laughs> so, where, so when it ended, Harriet, the, yeah. I mean, it, was there a sense among the cast that, right, that's it? That's definitely it. There's, there's nothing well, more never, happening with this. Well, you never say that, really, because you never, you know, um, you never really say that. You can't think that. You no. you know it's ended. Yeah. But um, it's not necessary that it actually has. And I think there's potential. What's interesting, a lot of comedies have come back recently, but with completely new casts. Yeah. And actually... Carol would probably still be in reception with her grandkids. And <laughs> as we said in our little mini eps, Linda now has a, you know, a, a wonderful vegan stall. Colin is still, well, we've got ideas, all sorts of ideas for Colin, because he's going to come, Mike's going to come and do one soon. Um, you know, that everybody's still there. And what we're trying to do is get Britus back because of Brexit. You know, he may well be over in Brussels because he did do that a couple of times in the series but we need to get him back to take over our country because we need someone like British <laughs> so there's, there's so there's definitely a willingness from the cast original cast like you say I think to, always uh, you know whether it happens or not I think there's the potential and the fun especially now to 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 rekindle because it's interesting the 13 million people are still there I get pulled over on the tube on the street people talk to me oh my god yes mr bridges you know they loved those characters they loved the anarchic crazy sort of world of hope and um you know jobs worth and longing and all the things that went together of course you know nowadays the two boys one was we decided was probably be a stay-at-home husband and one would be a counsellor. Um, you know, so everyone's moved on and has an idea about what they would be doing. And uh, it would just be such fun, I think. And, you know, people still use leisure centres. Families still go. That's yeah, what they okay. do. Where do you think everyone was two days ago in the heat? At the leisure centre, babe, in the pool. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, but, but like you say, there's still a massive fan base for yeah. the British Empire. You know, I've told a few people that I was um, going to be speaking to you. And actually, when you rang us, was it last week? I was at work. Yeah. And I was like, to my work colleagues, you're never going to guess who that was. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, you're kidding. So I loved British Empire. Yeah, you see, I think they're there. They are there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Definitely still there. Definitely still a fan base. Yeah. And And I was looking. I was, I was doing a quick bit of research earlier on, Harriet. And yes. um, I, was, I was looking at a BBC website and I was surprised to see um, so, uh, something that it said on there, actually. And this was actually on a BBC website. It said that, uh, so there was a, a bit of a write-up about British Empire. Yeah. And at the end it said it didn't quite capture the nation's hearts, which I was very surprised to read because it did. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> did. You don't get 13 million people That's right. and not capture, you know, those hearts. That's I'm going to say the word again. That's bollocks. 
<laughs> bollocks. Total bollocks. Julia Singen, who played Laura, came and did a little mini ep as well, as did Tim Marriott. And we've got lots more planned. So, you know. And and these are on YouTube, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're on Twitter. They're on YouTube. I don't know where they are. They're everywhere. Yeah, um, but they're definitely but, accessible. You can you yeah, go on just, most places and look for Bring Back yeah, And Brits. certainly, I think, on our on our personal, um, well, Bring Back British um, on Twitter, It's they're certainly on there. And I think on our own private, or not private, accessible, you know, Twitter pages or whatever. Yeah. So I think, correct as if I'm wrong, Harriet, I think there was talk of it coming back a few years ago. Is that is that right? I think I think there was a couple of years ago. People, the stirring sort of happened, but again, it's you know, it's how it comes back. Oh no, we want to have a whole load of new people. You think no, people want what they had, and yeah. the new people would come in. But the what would be hysterical is how the there are certain people still working at the centre. Still there. Other people are <laughs> going to be coming in and out because they're opposing things, and Mr. British comes back. Because we have to get him back because of our world, you know, and that would be funny. <laughs> so what, that would so be what, funnier than trying to recreate it. Well, I mean, of course you could, but I think it's why change things if it's not broken, don't fix it. Exactly, yeah. And then you know the advantage of using the original cast and characters is that you know that yeah. we already know their story. We exactly. already know them. You, you don't and need if, to start again. Exactly. And it would be funny if my son, who's now 30, comes for a quick nap in the cupboard occasionally, and <laughs> I would have my grandchildren in the drawers, still the same thing. But, you know, things move on, things change, things evolve. But, you know, it would be funny to create all these characters and all the harmony and, and, and fun and crazy, you know, we can blow the centre up again. Come on, it needs of a course you can. Yeah. <laughs> it's been rebuilt three times already. Yeah, exactly. Four, four times. Exactly. So what? So what needs to happen, Harriet, for this for this to for for Britas to come back? What, well, what I do think we need to do. Go on. I think. Well, I think definitely to get Britas back. You know, tweet about it. Get on. Yeah. Get on social media. We also want to try and get the original series onto Netflix, because mm-hmm. I think again then everyone could rekindle their love for it and see it again. You know, it would be on there. And lots of other series have gone to Netflix. Let's get British on there. Yeah, why why isn't it on there? Because you I never know. you never see it on the television. I think well, it had exactly. a run. I think it might have had a run or oh, must have been a TV good few Gold. years ago. Yeah, it was on TV Gold for a while, but things have moved on, babes. Let's get on yeah. Netflix. Come on. Yeah. And yeah. then and then we can get a new series or even a special. That would be fun. You know, we had one one special we did, I think it was a Christmas special, mm-hmm. which actually looked at us 20 years or 30 years in the future. <laughs> I was going to mention it, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, let's have the re- what would actually be their reality. Yeah. And uh, let me just go back to reception, because that's where I'm happy. <laughs> so bring back Britas. We want yeah. the Britas Empire on Netflix. You, the yeah, listener. Hashtag, here, hashtag. I think I can't remember what the hashtag is now. Bring back Britas. Yeah, there's Bring Back Britas, which is actually on Twitter, which is the at sign Bring and um, Back is BK Britas. Yeah. But um, I think get Net- Britas onto Netflix. I'm not sure what that hashtag hashtag is, but there is one. <laughs> so, so my listeners, you need to play your part in this. Um, check out the Twitter account of Bring Back BK Britas. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, retweet, check out the videos, um, retweet them, um, and 
bombard Netflix with emails and tweets. <laughs> Netflix UK. Or I think Netflix the hashtag America for that fact. There you go. Well, now we've got we've got Netflix UK now. Yeah. So it's hashtag Bring Britus to Netflix. All right. Is the hashtag, and then there's at Netflix UK, and right. BBC Comedy at BBC Comedy. Just get online, check out my. I'm I'm um, Harriet underscore Thorpe on um on twitter and i also have a fan page i think which is harriet thorpe hq so they're amazing and they have all the info on it and retweet it all and on instagram i'm hatdorable and all the other all the little videos and and also uh, you know throwback thursday and flashback friday little scenes are on there all the time right great and actually a question just popped in my head there yeah. When I when I mentioned Netflix, did did was there many overseas viewers of uh, the British Empire? Did it go abroad? Did anybody take it, it on abroad? It absolutely did. It went to Australia, New Zealand. I'm not sure about Canada, but it certainly went there. Definitely. Brilliant. So yeah. so it's in, uh, international. It is, darling, and the world is crying out for British. And thanks to you. For chatting, it's really lovely. No problem. Listen, Harriet, thank you so much for coming on the show. I was delighted to receive your phone call last week. I was, if you could have seen us at work, I was very excited. <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolute honour and a pleasure. So, thank you. Well, thank you very much for taking the time out to talk to me and for coming on the show. And fingers crossed, we get the British Empire back. Harriet Thorpe there, wasn't she lovely? I really enjoyed that conversation with Harriet. You know, she's one of our one of our best actresses. She's been in loads of stuff and she's very passionate about bringing Gordon Britass back to our television screens and getting the Britass empire onto Netflix. So let's play our part. Let's help out. Let's get online. Let's get on social media. Let's show our support for bringing back Britass. So all that's left for me now is to remind you that this show is available on a free app called Podcoin. And like I say, I'm on there. All your other favourite podcasts are on there as well. And the good thing about Podcoin is that when you listen on this free app, you accrue points. And the more points you get, the more you earn. Because you can convert those points into gift cards for Amazon, for example, or you can convert it to cash and donate it to charity, which is a wonderful thing. Um, it's Like I say, it's a free app. It's available on Apple and Android. So if you aren't listening on Podcoin, do yourself a favor, download the app and listen to the show on there. And that's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening again. Um, you know, I, I really, really do appreciate it. And please do keep listening because I've got loads of good, great guests already lined up. They're all chomping at the bits to talk to me. And you know what? I'm having such a great time doing it. So keep listening. As long as you're listening, I will keep doing it. Um, subscribe, like, comment. Thank you very much. I will speak to you again very, very soon. Napa know how
Just in time for the holidays, select Craftsman tools are now available at Napa. Celebrate with a Craftsman 20-volt cordless impact wrench kit for just $149.99. It's the perfect gift for everyone in your list, even you. So get great savings on select Craftsman tools, now available at your local Napa store. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 12 19 Napa know-how. Just in time for the holidays, select Craftsman tools are now available at Napa. Celebrate with a Craftsman 20-volt cordless impact wrench kit for just $149.99. It's the perfect gift for everyone in your list, even you. So get great savings on select Craftsman tools, now available at your local Napa store. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 12 19